Welcome to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. Each episode will tear down a myth, kick a social norm in the beanbag, gut punch a sex ed untruth, or destroy a poorly constructed relationship expectation. Get ready to unlearn all the crap you accepted as fact. Strap in for a mind-blowing revision on what sex is and what it can do. Prepare yourself for a whole new thought pattern when it comes to modern relationships. And now, here's your host, Jenny Simus, the Intimacy Ally, relationship expert and certified sex and intimacy coach. Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. It's me, Jenny Simus, the Intimacy Ally. I know that it has been a few weeks. Oh, I'm so sorry that I have not been able to post for a few weeks, but I had some life happen. Uh, It just ran up and smacked me right in the face. So I'm back and I do want to share with you that I have gone back to school Um, I am studying to get my master's in social work because I feel like that is the end of things that I will do the most good uh, in. And also, I had some rather aggressive personal issues happen, Uh, not like anything violent toward me. It's just a loved one had some very serious mental health things creep up and I had to drop things and be there. So just a little about my life. Uh, I, I am so happy to be back. I actually did a episode on a different podcast yesterday. Uh, rather I recorded with someone else, um, for their podcast, It's the Ask Dr. Angela podcast, and I will let y'all know when that comes out. Uh, We talked all about perimenopause and intimacy, so that was kind of cool. That brought me to the subject that I want to talk about today, and that's this notion, this myth that we come up with that sex just goes away, right? Um, there are a lot of media examples of sex just drying up. There are a lot of shows and movies and books where it's just understood that once you're past a certain age, you don't have sex anymore. Um, that age has gotten older, I think. So that's kind of cool. But also, it's still kind of like an unwritten rule that once you are of a certain age, you and or your partner will no longer be interested in sex. And I would just deeply appreciate and love to put the kibosh on this myth. I think that You can have sex and you can have enjoyable sex lives until the day you die. Honestly, isn't that the dream? Like to go out having had these fulfilling sexual relationships like as long as possible. I mean, it is for me. So I wanted to talk about 
why these myths happen and what might be perpetuating them and what we can do to combat them. On the female side, I know that there are a lot of things that happen as we age, um, especially if you have children. Uh, Life gets a little overwhelming. Um, You might feel like every time that you go to have sex, some little person wakes up or you never have time that you're alone. And this is especially prevalent in the society that we are in, where a lot of people don't have extended family nearby anymore that like, you know, you send the kids over to grandma's every couple of weekends, and then you know that you're guaranteed to get frisky a couple of times a month. Um, That just isn't a thing that happens as much anymore. So you're not getting that guaranteed time to share with your partner. Um, There are different kinds of families, like for instance, uh, me and my partner, he is the step parent. And then my kids will go to their dad's house. Um, but you know, sometimes that doesn't work out. Life happens. People get sick. People have business trips. So you can't like bank on those things all the time. And when you have kids who are still at home, who are little, who have needs, who have special needs, like It's very easy to let your sex life kind of go by the wayside, right? Like you think about the things that need to get done in a day or in a week. And most of the time it's going to be, all right, well, I can kind of let the house cleaning slip. And uh, I mean, the other person involved in this is an adult. They'll understand. Uh, We can't have sex this week. Oh, and it only has to be a few weeks before this becomes the norm. A few weeks turn into a few months, a few months turn into a year. And before you know it, sex is not really a thing that is a priority or is that or is a thing that is happening in your home. So there's that one little piece not a little piece, sorry. But having kids definitely affects whether or not you keep having sex. I should make that into a fucking t-shirt. Now, the other thing that goes on is the changes, the physiological changes. I know this personally as a woman with female anatomy. Uh, I was, you know, assigned female at birth. I am still uh, female gender-wise. And my body started to sort of betray me, I would say, about the time that I started online dating again after divorce. And it was super inconvenient, like super duper inconvenient. Um, I know now that there are these three stages of menopause. There's, you know, peri and menopause and then post, right? 
And it's so funny that I did this interview with Dr. Angela yesterday when this was on my schedule to talk about today. Um, She is an OBGYN and she broke down that menopause is actually one day. Menopause is that day that marks it has been a year since you had a period. Everything leading up to that is peri. Everything beyond that is post. So just keep that in mind. When I'm talking about perimenopause, I'm talking about probably all the things that you've seen like in media or like heard, you know, older people talk about that are happening like up to that point. That's perimenopause. The menopause is just that one day that you no longer have a period. So for me, it happened when I started dating again and, you know, I I can't really judge anybody else's habits, but when I actually started and found the person who I wanted to invest in and be with, oh my God, we were going at it all the time. Uh, And I was 39 and I thought that my period had stopped because I was pregnant. Yeah. So that's something that might creep in and kind of mess up your mojo is uh, having your periods get wonky. And then how else did I feel? Right. So I was super emotional. Uh, I was that stereotypical lady who was like crying at everything sad and also everything happy. Um, so my mood swings were like pretty intensive and I legit gained enough water weight that, yeah, I thought I was pregnant for a couple of weeks there. Uh, Good Lord willing and the crick don't rise. I was not. Uh, no offense to the children I have already made, but I was not in the mood to make more and definitely not like a month into meeting someone new. Uh, lucky for me, I had some research going on and I was already in the mode of becoming a sex coach when these things started going down. And I found out oh, okay, so all of these feelings are associated with perimenopause. And running these self-appreciation groups that I was last summer, I found out that like there's so many women who had no clue that the things that they were feeling were totally on target with experiencing perimenopause. And when you have all of that coming at you, you also might experience vaginal dryness. You might experience night sweats. You might experience, you know, other kinds of psychological effects that don't necessarily need to be addressed in a mental health way, but it needs to be seen more as like a holistic person view, a person who is going through perimenopause. And I feel like that is a huge factor when it comes to the sex going away as we age. But it doesn't have to be. 
And I feel like a lot of us did not get the memo that, okay, for one, you don't have to go on a bunch of medicines to treat any of the mood swings or the feeling down or the new implications of what's happening physiologically, right? So if you're having vaginal dryness and you don't have any kind of hormone issue, you should definitely talk to your OBGYN about hormone replacement therapy. I really love some of the newer podcasts that are coming out about this. Um, There's a lot of research going around about not just using estrogen, but also using testosterone to help women combat vaginal dryness and a lot of the night sweats and the effects of perimenopause. Now, I am one of those people who can't do the hormone replacement therapy. I have a clotting disorder, so that is not an option for me. I know people who have had uh, hormone-related cancers. Um, They cannot take the hormone replacement therapy. There's still hope. There's still hope. And um, from what I understand, you can look into the progesterone uh, hormones, but not estrogen if you have factor V Leiden clotting disorder like I do. Um, but definitely, I'm not a doctor. I am not making any medical claims today. Remember, this is just for entertainment and information. So I would suggest that if you are experiencing any of these symptoms and they are keeping you from wanting to have physical love with your partner, what harm could it do to talk to your doctor? And if you're feeling a little nervous about that, if that sounds like a weird topic to bring up, go ahead and shoot me a message. Go to my Instagram at the intimacy ally, DM me, I will give you a few sentences that you can just look over and go ahead and read them off to your doctor. Um, I want more women to know that there are options. I want them to know that vaginal dryness is no joke and sex should not hurt. That's another episode that's coming up really soon. Uh, But I want you to know that there are things that you can do and you just don't have to like exist in a place where this doesn't feel good and it's just getting to be less and less. Uh, Another reason that people just don't get to keep having sex is stress, Uh, which kind of sucks because what helps us manage stress and what gives us a good feeling, no matter if it's something that we get alone or with a partner. You, you Have you figured it out? Oh, okay. It's orgasms. Yeah. Orgasms. Yeah. They are an incredible stress reliever. So the fact that daily life and stress is keeping us from having orgasms 
I feel like that's a travesty. That's horrible. Um, I do think that there are some people who have underlying issues that they probably need to, or, you know, it would behoove them to go and maybe have a few sessions with a therapist about the things that are holding them back from engaging in sexual activity. Also, as we age, you know, in our American society where we eat the sad diet, the uh, standard American diet, it's likely that you've put on a few pounds, right? I know I have. I am I was not thin in my 20s. I had, you know, a booty and a, and, and uh, all of that. But I have definitely put on weight after each kid and, and it has piled on. And that is something that is more affecting my viewpoint of me as a sexual being than it is my partner. So it could even be that you're like, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh, I'm so big, I'm not sexy. And then you won't allow your partner to let you know that they still do find you attractive and that can kill it. Now, there's also lots and lots of diseases that come and hit us, you know, between that like 35 to 65 year old range, right? Like, Somewhere in there like, oh, okay, cool. The kids are moving out and and we're going to get to, oh, now I have chronic heart disease or now I have diabetes or, you know, I'm, I'm battling cancer. Like there's lots of things that happen as we age that will put a damper on having sex. So we've gone over a few of the things that make this happen. What are some of the things that could make it come back? One, we really need to redefine sex. Sex does not have to mean penis in vagina sex. A lot of people who are experiencing low libido or having issues with erectile function or experiencing vaginal dryness, you know what? There are still so many ways to feel good and to reach climax without having the same self-lubricating ability, the same getting hard, staying hard ability that you used to. Like these are not requirements, especially if we change our definition of sex. Like we could make a sexual encounter mean that we're both together, we're both turned on, we're both touching, or maybe we're touching ourselves in front of our partner. And in that way, sharing in the pleasure that we are giving ourselves with our partners. I don't know about you, but I find that sexy as hell. It's a learned skill and it is changing the game and it is redefining sex. 
you have to get creative and you have to also make time. Remember when I talked about how kids might interrupt or kids are home, uh, having a family, you know, takes a lot of time. You're out doing scouts. You're out doing after school activities. You're out doing sports. You still might need a little time for yourself. Your partner still might need a little time for themselves. And then you're coming back together. You need to schedule it. It's so random and like unfortunate that this is what's up, but our society is super scheduled out. If you want to maintain your sex life, block some time for it. Sure, it might not work every single time, but I'll bet you that more weeks than not, if you were to just set aside, let's say an hour and say, look, this is when we're going to be together. And I don't know if it's just going to be us cuddled up naked and like looking at each other. I don't know if we're going to be going at it hard and be done in 15 minutes. I don't know. But I want to make the commitment that I'm going to show up for you because this way of engaging with you is important to me. Now, another way that you can combat not having that, you know, real, real prominent sex life anymore is just address any elephants in the room. Did you stop having sex with your partner for something that didn't have to do with sex? For example, is it the division of labor in the household that made you decide, you know what, I have to do this, 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 and this, and all they do is go to work. You know what, I don't feel like doing that. I do everything already. This is another chore that I don't need to do. I have heard that in session. I have heard that it has become a chore. I don't love that. I don't love it. I do hope that if that's how you're feeling, before the bitterness comes in, before the withholding comes in, you can have a conversation. And if you can't outright have that conversation, then I hope that you will seek the help uh, of a professional. Um, Generally, if people come to me and there's like this years and years of bitterness and withholding and possibly a lot of backstory that needs help to flesh out. Honestly, I will recommend that you go and speak to a therapist Um, because I don't like to step on other people's toes and that's kind of out of my arena. What I want to do is to not let you get there. So if you feel yourself getting there, like you're getting bitter because of all of this stuff, I want you to think about how easy it would be to talk about that and how easy it would be to say, look, I'm really overwhelmed with how much has to happen in the house. Don't get me wrong. I still think you're fine and I still want to do you. 
but I feel like I never have energy or wherewithal to do that. Is there anywhere that you could like jump in here and maybe give me a hand and see where that goes? You see, this is where there's room for coaching. This is where there is a spot that you can stop this before it becomes like a pathological issue. The other thing is just remember the fun. Like, do you remember how fun it was to run up and put it on somebody? Do you remember how giddy it used to get you when you just made out with your partner? What were the things that used to get you in the mood? What were the things that used to make you feel like, oh yeah, baby, it's on? Go to that place. Listen to that music. Eat that meal. Go ahead and run yourself through the steps like you're doing like some kind of backward chain trying to figure out where you left your keys. See if you can go find your sex drive because it might be right over there. You just might need to remember why it was important to you. So that's some food for thought for this week. I do hope that you end up, if you're having struggles with it, taking a listen, letting it soak in, and just trusting in your options and yourself. I think that's pretty much all I got on that one. (laughs) So I have been struggling uh, about how to end these episodes and thinking of some kind of catchphrase to end the episodes with. And every time it just sounds so forced and fake. So I'm just going to say that I am Jenny Simus, the Intimacy Ally. You can follow me at the Intimacy Ally on Instagram. You can go to my website. It's www.theintimacyally.com and you can subscribe. You can send me messages and ask me questions. And in the meantime, in between time, before the next episode, Think sexy thoughts. That's all I got. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. We hope you learned a bit more about putting the fire back in your romantic relationships, exploring communication and emotional readiness in all relationships, and how to expand your definition of intimacy so you can reach your relationship goals. Go to theintimacyally.com to subscribe and never miss an episode. Follow the links in the show notes to social media and events. Till next time, keep on learning, growing, and thinking. Storytime with the Intimacy Ally podcast is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as health or mental health advice. 